do we have a problem in this province with people not maintaining quarantine, not keeping quarantine as they return from the overseas trips or wherever they might be? If they've been ordered into quarantine, are they doing it? And who is checking? Doug Ford has been talking about that this week, says that that is something that the federal government needs to step up with. Here's Doug Ford yesterday talking about this issue. Guys, the system's broken. You can't have 623. There's actually 4,800 in total that they checked on. 622, they felt broke the rules, and 17 got charged. So, you know, I got to work with the feds because what happens, it has to go go up to the federal government, uh, to one of their uh, officers up there, and then they say yay or nay. But you know, we can't have our police running around and seeing p- people breaking quarantine and nothing happens to them, a slap on the wrist. It, it turns into be a joke. That is Doug Ford speaking yesterday in Sudbury. And this morning, the mayor of Brampton, Patrick Brown, tweeted that, I constantly hear complaints that returning travelers are not abiding by the 14-day quarantine. It is very unclear which law enforcement agency will take responsibility for this. Patrick Brown joins me on the line. Mr. Mayor, how much of a problem is transmission because of people breaking quarantine? Um, I do believe it's a significant uh, risk. You know, we've, I know last week in, in Peel, we had 32 COVID positive cases from travel, and we have no idea how many other people were affected from those 32. You know, I, I've had complaints from constituents where they'll tell me um, they've called uh, Peel Public Health to um, complain that they've, they've got a neighbor who came back from international travel, um, who's out and about in the community, not following quarantine. Peel Public Health says contact the Peel Police. The Peel Police say contact Public Health. Public Health then says that it's the federal government that is overseeing this. I'm not satisfied with the answers. Um, I know this is a, a federal mandate, but it's not being enforced, uh, and I'm frustrated by it. The Premier has called on police to issue fines. Do you echo that call? I do, and, and frankly, if the federal government is, is not going to take carriage and responsibility of this, then, then frankly, um, I think in Ontario we need to say we're going to get our local police forces to do it. And even that, you know, frankly, Alan, I, I, I struggle with that too. Right now, you know, we're trying to um, handle uh, an increase in number of calls due to domestic violence. We've got uh, gun and gang activity in the GTA, and so we're going to take our, our police officers off those important tasks to enforce um, a federal uh, mandate. And if we have to, we will. Um, but uh, there's been no resources and no planning allocated for this. Would you move bylaw officers towards that? And here's the challenge. I, we can use bylaw, but bylaw doesn't have the same um, respect and, and weight that a police officer does. Uh, and so, you know, frequently we have bylaw officers trying to enforce emergency rules and people simply don't abide by bylaw. And that's when the police get called to, to, to come and assist. Uh, just checking the numbers from overnight, 38 more in Peel. Uh, earlier this week, there was a discussion about whether or not there should be rollbacks um, of, of certain openings. As you know, British Columbia has done that from its central table. The Premier asked about it, says the individual mayors have that power and the authority lies with you and with the public health unit uh, in Peel. Are you considering a rollback in Brampton? 
Yeah, it's certainly something I'm uh, considering. I'm certainly going to be watching um, if we have any uh, significant gatherings again uh, this weekend. As I mentioned last weekend, we got complaints about gatherings, but they were all within the provincial limit. The largest um, complaint that we got was for an event that had 89 people outdoors, but that is allowed under under stage three. And so I'm I'm considering whether we should reduce that locally. One of the things that I, I find uh, complicates it is uh, earlier this year, the GTHA mayors called on the province and said we should have a regional approach because social gatherings don't respect postal codes. And if you have uh, one limit set for nor- North Etobicoke, another limit set for Malton, another limit set for Brampton that are all within a few kilometres, um, it's going to create confusion and, and, and inconsistency. So I, I do prefer a regional approach, but if I, if I see cases continue... Um, despite like like we're seeing right now in in Brampton and in Toronto, um, that it's certainly on the table. But can you do that wi- without the agreement of the mayor of Mississauga because it's a a, a health unit for Peel? Yes, we do share the same um, health unit, and, it, and that's why it would be preferable if these limits were set uh, provincially. Uh, and it's unusual that you'd have a, a local law that would supersede a provincial uh, regulation. But if the premier says that we can supersede provincial regulations, it's, it's something that we have our, our legal staff looking at right now. Um, but I, I, I really, I don't like the idea of, of a patchwork in terms of, of regulations. It, it, there'd be better if there was some level of consistency across the GTHA, um, like, like we've advocated on all changes to um, the COVID emergency protocols. I want to quickly ask you about something I mentioned in our last segment, and that is the revelation that there are 60 cases. Uh, I, I believe the workplace is in Brampton, although most of the reporting is that it's just in Peel. Uh, and there are questions as to why the public health unit would not at least name the industry or provide more information to make contact tracing easier. Yeah, so the, the business was in Mississauga. The last time I got a, a briefing from public health, um, there was 64 cases. Most of the workers uh, at this um, uh, plant uh, are from uh, Brampton, and it is why um, it's caused uh, a spike in, in, in Brampton. Workplace clusters have been a big problem during this um, pandemic. Uh, I've advocated at regional council um, that I believe we should be more transparent in releasing the names. Um, you know, if you're a, a nearby um, restaurant. Wouldn't you want to know if there's uh, a, a nearby factory that uh, is, is a risk? You know, I, I think we owe that disclosure and that transparency to the public. Um, the position of public health under the Ontario Public Health Act, they, they say they're abiding by, um, says that they're only supposed to release the name if it's a risk to the public. And as long as they can contact trace where each case comes from, they don't want to release um, the name. Uh, personally, I think yeah, I, I disagree with that. I, I think we should have um, uh, a different threshold. Uh, I think right now the threshold, the one to release the, the name, is is too stringent. Um, and I'm going to continue to advocate that we uh, uh, are more transparent. Patrick Brown is the mayor of Brampton. Thank you so much for joining me today, Mr. Mayor. My pleasure. This is the Alan Carter Radio Program. You're listening to Global News Radio, marking the anniversary of 9-11. And what the legacy of that day was, and what it possibly tells us about the legacy for COVID-19. That's next.
Today, of course, is an important anniversary, September the 11th. It is a time to reflect on what happened on that day, how it changed our world, what the legacy of that day was and has been, and it informs for us some ideas about what might be coming because of COVID-19. Obviously, the two, uh, two things are very different, not the same at all. We will begin with U.S. President Donald Trump this morning in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, marking the 19th anniversary of the attacks. Shanksville is where a plane hijacked by terrorists crashed in a field, killing all 40 on board. Today we pay tribute to their sacrifice and we mourn deeply for the nearly 3,000 precious and beautiful souls who were taken from us. That is Donald Trump this morning. Former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden is set to visit Shanksville later today after attending the 9-11 Memorial and Museum in the the commemoration that is happening at Ground Zero in New York. We are going to take you to New York in just a moment. But first, here is Justin Trudeau this morning. Today marks 19 years since the horrific terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001. Today, we remember the people we lost in this unthinkable tragedy. They were neighbors, friends, and family. As we pay tribute to their lives, let's also remember the bravery and the sacrifice of all the first responders who arrived on the the scene and rushed into buildings as others were fleeing. That is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau this morning, marking the anniversary of September the 11th. In New York City, while that city continues to mourn those losses, officials are dealing with another kind of crisis that is gripping the city. These are sounds of the ceremony this morning at Ground Zero, near Ground Zero, pardon me. The three attacks on September 11th killed around 3,000 people, but New York alone has lost nearly eight times that many to COVID-19. Organizers of the official event in New York are playing a recording of people reading the names of the nearly 3,000 people killed in those attacks. There is a simultaneous ceremony up the street where loved ones continued the tradition of having those names read in person. Corinne Connolly lost a relative on 9-11 and says she wanted to come to the site where the names were being read aloud. I see it as a very important day that we need to learn about and have experience about, and it's very important that it wasn't a recording of the names and because this day is very meaningful to many people and many families. That is Corrine Connolly saying this is why she went to an area away from actual Ground Zero where the names were being read in person. There has been much criticism of New York officials for saying, no, we are not going to allow people to gather because of the pandemic. The legacy of that day, of course, it was not that day itself. In the years that followed, it was the actions of the American administration that embraced a unilateral action across the globe. And that continued through the Obama years, it continues today through Donald Trump, and it is a lasting legacy as the involvement and the adventurism of the George W. Bush years 
in the Middle East with the invasion of Iraq that continues to reverberate today. But now the Americans have their sights somewhere else as they begin to look more at China. And there has been in the last number of years a change. And many are suggesting, many writing and think pieces over the last couple of days as they analyze whether or not we have actually closed the chapter on the 9-11 era, that now the concern for Americans is very much less jihadists. And now it is more either Chinese malfeasance, whether or not you believe that COVID-19 was released by China, allowed to escape by China, as Donald Trump has said recently, or whether it's Russian hackers interfering with Western elections around the world, that this, this thought of a new Cold War has now taken over, and the concern and the worry is less about Islamic terror and much more about the machinations of superpowers a world away and what that means for the American empire. 